In today's episode, I have a creepy mustache because I wanted to scare my wife today and she did not like it, so it's coming off. But I talked to my dear friend, Anthony, who made me break a chopstick on my throat in front of my mastermind, who taught me that reality isn't plastic, taught me how to pull back the cord to make sure as a human, an entrepreneur, and in my life and in yours, we are responsible for the decisions we make and we make empowering decisions and we don't allow the outside world to control us. And then probably my favorite distinction that he gave in the entire episode was figuring out why every time we set a target and we hit it, the feeling only lasts this long and how to make it last forever by focusing on the right things and having the distinction. So I'm going to shut up now because the best thing we can do is get into the show. So let's get into the show. Welcome to the Mind of George show. This is a free-for-all Friday episode where just about anything can happen. I've had business leaders come on and share insider industry secrets. I've had monks and hypnotherapists come on, talk about mindset, discipline, the subconscious, and even swearing at me, which I never thought I would hear from a monk. Plus, I've had hours of spilling my deepest thoughts, fears, ideas, and everything in between the earlobes in my mind of George. But you can find all the episodes at mindofgeorge.com, and you never know what can happen on a free-for-all Friday. But one thing that can be guaranteed is it will either be eye-opening groundbreaking, or at the very least, entertaining. So let's open our minds and get into the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And by this point, you've heard the new intro with me being as funny as as I can be. Today, I am super stoked. Today's guest is somebody who I love dearly, have formed a deep friendship with. And here's a secret. This guy made me break a chopstick over my throat in front of all my mastermind students. Like I thought there was a chance I was going to the hospital, but I was in good hands. He teaches people that reality is plastic, and he is one of my dear friends, a hypnotherapist who has helped me immensely in my life when it comes to my mindset, resiliency, business, and everything in between. And quite frankly, he has been able to simplify the crazy mind of George, and so I figured there would be no better guest to bring on the show than my buddy Anthony. So Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you, George. Good to be talking to you again. Me too, man. I love trying to just eight mile those intros and see what comes out of my mouth. They're fun. Yeah, well, that, was, that was pretty succinct. And um, yes. the flashback to the chopstick, I must say, you're the you're the first uh, person I've asked to just go in and do that. Normally, I reserve that superpower for myself, but I, I suspected you would go all in. Yeah, man. I, I got to <laughs> say, before I even ask you the question, I got to paint this picture for everybody. So... Uh, if you're watching this on video, ignore the creepy mustache on my face. I was telling Anthony before we started, <laughs> I wanted to freak my wife out because she hates facial hair, and I'm about to record a video on how most internet marketers are creepy, so I'm going to keep the you know the, the mustache for a minute. But Anthony came over, he flew across the pond to come over to the mastermind, and he came to give this speech and this amazing talk and hang out with us, and it was an absolutely amazing experience, and I'd been working with Anthony, so... We're in the mastermind, and in our mastermind, we help entrepreneurs really build and scale their businesses, but a lot of it comes down to working on ourselves, being clear of our day, awareness, building team, culture, and a lot of that work. And so Anthony gives his talk. He's doing his thing, and it's amazing. Everybody is loving it. Few people are confused, which I loved seeing. They were like, this is not real, and it was hilarious. Um, And then he has me stand up in front of the room, in front of everybody, so envision 60 people in a U. 60 people in a U, camera crew, the staff of the place I was hosting the mastermind at. 
and he's like, all right, you're going to break this chopstick on your throat. And it was, it was a hefty chopstick. I must say, like it was a, one of those hard plastic chopsticks. And he has me, he shows me how to do it in front of everybody. I've never practiced this. I had no idea it was coming. He did not tell me it was coming. And, uh, he handed me the chopstick and he told me to write a word on it. Like something I wanted to let go of something I wanted to, uh, release and, it's actually really funny thinking about this now, Anthony. Uh, when I think back on it, what I wrote on that chopstick was basically letting go of the blocks preventing me from standing my power being myself, right? Like owning my sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And so I stood in front of this room and I remember this. He looked me dead in the eye and he said, the only thing is you must commit. Do not go half-ass. Like don't go half-speed. Don't do anything. If you don't commit, it's not going to work. And I have this thing sitting on my throat and so I was like, all right. And I have no problem committing, right? So I follow his instructions and boom, and I committed. And this thing shattered. But you should have seen the eyes of the people looking at me because I was looking yeah. at them and I saw ghastly faces. I had a few people <laughs> like cover their face. like. And then what ended up happening is I hit it so hard that it shattered the chopstick yeah. and, it, and it basically shrapneled. And so the chopstick didn't cut my throat, but a piece of the shrapnel hit the side of my neck and I started. Yeah. 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 It was just a tiny scratch, but you know, those surface wounds that like bleed a little bit. So it started bleeding. So I was like, oh my God, your throat is bleeding. (laughs) And I was like, no guys, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, and it was, it was so good. Like it was so good. Like it's literally one of like in business, it's one of my top five moments of like that I've ever experienced. And it was a gift that it was on me, but um, yeah, I want to, I'm opening that loop for a bit because I'm going to ask Anthony a question about that in a minute. But before I do that, I have this important question that I ask everybody and you're somebody who's been in this game for a long time. You and your father, uh, do the same thing. And he is like a massive pioneer in this space. And you have been doing this work for a very, very long time. And you've done it with patients yeah. and clients. You've traveled the world, you've spoken, you've done shows. And I imagine that in that world, especially in a world of like hypnotism, right? It carries this mystic, like it could be good, could be bad. There's been Mm -hmm. some resistance and really some deep down gusto required to keep going. But when you look back at that, like let's say 20 years, 15 years, looking back and reflecting, what was one of like the biggest mistakes or challenges that you faced? How did you overcome it? And then how do you keep that moving forward from this point on? Hmm. Very interesting. Many places I could go with that, I think. Uh, but with regard to the subject itself, it's um, it, it it kind of contracts and expands constantly. It takes over everything. It has to be part of everything. And then, you know, you get very deep into what it is we're dealing with. And I'd say one of the challenges over time has been getting caught up in in that getting caught up in an idea about it and that leading to you um, you know missing opportunities in a way because when it expands out hypnosis is just communication it's just part of life it's expectation and suggestion are built into every experience we have but along the way you know um, there have been times where I've been caught up in a particular theory and 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 that has um misdirected me a little i guess you know i love the subject dearly it is part of every part of my life 
And when I share it with people, I often warn them that hypnosis can, can not just consume you, but suddenly you see it everywhere. It's like a new set of glasses and suddenly you're looking through these tinted spectacles and you're seeing it when it within everything. So I guess another challenge sometimes is to put it down, <laughs> to, 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 to just listen to the surface level of conversation. We don't necessarily need to, um, you know, we don't necessarily need to be interpreting things. Sometimes it's just communication, right? So on a personal level, I apply this to, you know, everything I do, how I show up for my clients, whether I'm giving a face-to-face -face therapy session or whether I'm attempting to speak to your mastermind group. I'm trying to share the good piece, the common piece, which is the, you know, the world is made of words, that it's built into everything that we do, that communication is the key. Yeah. And how we speak to ourselves, you know, is the most important part for us to be mindful of because there's no filter there. You know, yeah. there is a filter. If someone else is criticizing you, there's there tends to be no filter when we speak to ourselves. So Yeah, that's such an interesting and by the way, attempting, you succeeded amazingly well speaking about communication you didn't attempt to speak to the mastermind you crushed it just for the record um, right, and everybody you. loved you um, I think that's really interesting and actually what I love about that is like when you think about like hypnosis right that's what you do you help people but hypnosis is a tool for you right it's a way to help people and when when I hear you say about like when it expands, it can become engulfing or encompassing. And then I basically end up in the situation missing everything that happens around me. And yeah. the way – one of the things that you help me understand and help me do is that there's these times as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as humans that in the moment, whether it's a good moment or there's some resistance or there's a trigger – there are times where we feel that it's all engulfing and all encompassing and like we can't get out. We don't even see the exit at some point, right? Like it's like, mm -hmm. you know, an ad account gets shut down. You're like, oh, it's all over. The business is spiraling yeah. out of control. Or the other side of like, oh, I had a win today. I'm going to focus all on the win and then lose track of what actually created it. Yeah. And so yeah. when you think about that, like what are some of the things that humans, entrepreneurs, business people, anything, like what are some of the things that they can do to – to be able to recognize those, like create awareness around them and, and maybe even shift out of those things. So it's almost like hitting the pause button on the whole situation happening up here. I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I think it's um, it's a very current conversation with all of this fresh analysis of technology and how we use it. You know, a lot of people on the back end of the social dilemma are taking a, a fast from technology as one example. And that's one thing, you know, taking a break on something, taking yourself out of that, essentially the equivalent to going on a little retreat is one thing. But what follows that is the important thing. And especially with business processes and practices and, and, and our own story, you know, every now and again, I think we need to do that. Take a break and then then come back to it in a mindful way and think, what what am I trying to do? with this? What is my purpose in using this device or this, 
you know, when I got into your work, it was all about story and I was fascinated with what you were saying about it. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's another tool, it's another means, but it's not one we should get lost in. It's not one we should insist upon. It's useful every now and again to ask what's here without this. So um, for me, it's about backing off every now and again, you know, um, reasserting your intention upon your activities and your processes and, you know, doing that rather than get carried, rather than just getting carried away with them. So there's lots that entrepreneurs can be doing to manage their, you know, be, monitor and manage their emotional regulation, especially when it comes to decision making. Mm. So they're not necessarily so reactive. Um, so easy for our buttons to just kind of get get pressed and then to go through you know the the, the illusion of decision making and choice when in fact you're just reacting you're just experiencing you know you're just a pattern matching machine yeah. and those responses are just kind of coming out of you predictably so you know it's easy to to, to then kind of you know lose control yeah even though you, you know so you know, a big part of my business is about, you know, dehypnotizing people. It's about kind of waking people up to the fact that the behaviors that are getting in the way of their success or their life or their happiness are patterns, are habits that are drilled into the machine. It's just that we do them with an experience of choosing mm -hmm. when in fact it's entirely predictable which way you're going to go because that's what you did last time and that's what you did last time and that's what you did the time before we can break those patterns by first of all you know recognizing them for what they are mm -hmm. these are learned experiences more often than not they were learned on the back end of an emotionally charged experience they're not who you are equally they're not um choices you're making they're they're they're, they're just responses yeah, I think that's – I love the way that you talk about that because when I look back at our work together or my work with you, you know, one of the biggest things that I had the breakthrough with is that first I had this belief of like, oh, I'm broken, I'm bad, like I have all this stuff to work through, I'm reacting, it's crazy. And then I was like, oh, but I got to go the other way, right? I need this higher level of – healing or awareness to shift it out. And I, and I didn't, it was really actually really simple. And when you just said that, like what you're really doing is dehypnotizing, you're not dehypnotizing people, you're dehypnotizing programs, like these automatic programs that run based on experiences in our life. And, and I remember, you know, when I was working with you, one of the things was there were parts of my day I felt out of control. Like I wasn't spending enough time with my family, you know, and you were mm -hmm. really simple. You're like, Go teach your son how to brush his teeth, brush your teeth with your son. And that yeah. simple thing started to create this level of awareness in me. And what I got to understand from our work was that I was trying to react to a program with a new program. I was trying to uh, swing the opposite way. I was like, oh, I responded this way and now I'm going to respond the other way. And once I worked with you, what it got to is that, whoa, 
the finish line for me is not to respond. It's to be aware of what happened, aware of what I wanted to do, and then be informed to make a choice in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, yeah. yeah, that was, that was one of the biggest takeaways for me was, um, and not to, yeah, like just the simplicity of it. Like it was like a pause button. Like there's to this day from the work we've done together, I'd say in 95% of situations that used to cause an emotional reaction or a shift or a trigger in me yeah. and get an immediate reaction, I still sometimes get the feeling, but my default is to sit with it, not to do something and with it. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I, to give, yeah, go ahead. To, to, rec- to recognize that, you know, e- even what we know kind of from the neuroscience is that when we're experiencing that high level of emotion – you know, the activity in that part of us that thinks and is rational and uses language in a kind of meaningful way tends to decrease and we're much more likely to just respond. Now, there may be words coming out of our mouth. There may be actions. You know, this is going to be the kind of stuff we look at later on and say, I don't know why I said that. I don't, I, I don't know why I did that. I didn't mean that, you know, and, and, and where does it come from? It doesn't matter so much. I don't think we necessarily need to dig into the history. It's just that that's what happens when there is a high emotional charge. So, yeah, I mean, you are, you, you know, you're a real values-based guy and you hold yourself, you know, to a, to, to, to a high standard. You have high expectations um, for yourself, which is wonderful, but... That doesn't mean that we're immune to emotional triggers or our buttons being pressed and then essentially feeling that, um, you know, incongruency between how we'd really like to show up, you know, and what happened there. So, yes, a big part of the work was to stop, pause, yeah. get empty. You know, we don't need to spend too long on it. We just, we, we if we can just have this much of a gap if we can just let those levels subside then you know yeah yeah that trigger that triggered two thoughts for me that i want to talk about with you because um obviously for everybody listening this like i've worked with anthony we've done a lot of sessions like i've actually benefited greatly from working with him and this modality in general um, and one of the things that you just said, I wrote down the other one, so I didn't forget it. But one yes. of the things that you just said that got me when you said you're a values based man, like you have this high expectation for yourself. I think a lot of entrepreneurs set these really high bars, right? Like I'm going to change yes. the world. I'm going to make a $10 million company. I'm going to have 5,000 people a day by like you pick, pick whatever the wrapping paper looks like. But there was a point in my world where right at the beginning of this episode where we talk about, you know, the tunnel vision and all encompassing is that mm-hmm. I almost made these values out of a program, not out of clarity. Like the mm-hmm. the goal or the measuring stick that I created was more out of reaction to programming from emotional events. Like my value is only there if I accomplish that or if I hit that number or if yeah. I do that versus like, oh, well, that's something I'd want to work towards. That would be an awesome impact, right? And so for me, it was really sneaky. And I think it gets sneaky in entrepreneurs a lot as well because in my experience, like you don't wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, I want to let go of safety, security, benefits, and insurance to have a wrench thrown in my plan 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and feel like I'm climbing a mountain constantly, but then love the process 
as we get through it. And that's what entrepreneurship is. And so what do you think, or, or I would just maybe just love your thoughts on this. Like, cause I feel like one of the things that was happening to me is that I would set these measuring sticks or these finish lines or these goals that were unrealistic or they were realistic, but when I didn't hit them or I weren't achieving them fast enough, I would use it as evidence to be like, oh, see, you're not good enough. See, you're broken. Like you could have worked harder. You could have been better. Yeah. And it felt like this trap. And, and, and in our world, it's like, yeah, you should have goals. What are your KPIs? But there had to be this healthy relationship with the mm-hmm. goals. And so like, what are your thoughts on that? Like when people are thinking about this, like, hey, I'm just starting. I want to have a $5 million company or a $1 million or or hire my first team member. How do we navigate that so it doesn't become that tunnel visioned, you know, obsession, all engulfing and then disconnect us from, you know, the plastic reality, which by the way, I say that, I say that because it's the title of his book, by the way, reality is plastic. That's why I keep saying that, (laughs) but I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, obviously you, you, you work upon you and anyone I'd I've kind of met by talking about these topics, I guess by that time you'd kind of shifted your focus to the absolute priority and you still share it now, your personal why, um, being about, you know, your family and your, your wishes for your son, um, which kind of made it a lot easier because if our self worth is tagged to a bunch of goals, whether they're, achievable achieved or not then we're kind of setting ourselves up for a problem because you know if it's reliant upon those things then it kind of suggests you haven't done the work it kind of suggests that that or at least that there is work to do right so I think that's the important piece. I think to do the, as an entrepreneur, it's easily ignored because you can be so busy and you can be on a mission and other people are holding you up or, or blown away by your energy or, or, or what you're achieving. And it's easy to kind of skip doing the deep work on yourself that would require you or, or would enable you to, to still be happy if that, if that, if that target wasn't hit, if, if if the business just disappeared completely and you had to pivot and do something unimaginable for a while, then is there still the possibility for you having a sense of peace and a sense of happiness? I think there is absolutely. If you've done the deep work on yourself and sometimes that involves shifting uh, again, patterns habits of mind that have been there you know for as long as you know again based on one or two or ten experiences when you were younger you can start to think that's me that's just how I live that's just how I work that's just how I motivate myself I don't believe that because I've seen so much of that stuff um dissolve you know and and often in the on often it can dissolve pretty rapidly or at least it can be massively undermined in the light of a real good reassessment essentially we don't need to be regressing you know we just need to revisit and reassess every now and again and see it with fresh eyes in a calm state then we get the opportunity to change those things 
Um, again, if we don't, then at some point, you know, you're not going to meet a, 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 a particular bar, a particular pedestal that you've put your sense of self upon. And then, you know, it's highly likely that you're going to wobble um, and start to ask questions. And those questions are the clue. Those questions, the questions actually are the tool. They are the blade of inquiry we need to kind of use if you want to do this deep work. And that takes some courage. Um, it takes a certain level of sensitivity because those, you know, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really a, a believer in terms like deep rooted and complex. How, however long the problem's been there, wherever it came from, I, I just, I don't really see it that way. I know this stuff can change. I know it can shift, but it does require us to kind of be sensitive to the fact that these problems are made of a thought stroke feeling experience mm -hmm. and when it when it when it pinches us when it when it when we feel that itch or, or whatever or tension or whatever it happens to be our habit is to move away mm -hmm. or our habit is to you know um overplay mm -hmm. it in the opposite direction whereas certainly the work that we did um many of the other things you've done you know and and shared with me they require a slightly different approach. A, a sit still, sit with it, let it find it, yep. you know, physically. Yep. And um, it, it can seem almost like the materials we're playing with at that point, you know, uh, it's not necessarily a ton of story attached. It's, it's a feeling, it's, it's, it's a posture, it's a shift in breathing. And suddenly things feel different without the analysis without the counseling without the advice you just find that you can show up differently and i you know i used to very much enjoy your descriptions of the kind of what what had occurred between between the sessions because often that was it people noticing a a shift in you like yep. a lightness or or yeah. a, you know what what's got into you yeah um and it's and it's often not not quite what people imagine the output that uh, the, the effect of doing this kind of work is going to be it's a subtle thing but it's it's, it's everything because it's yeah. carried in your walk and your stance and your interactions and yeah you know well, even a more different yeah and when uh, god like i have so many threads to pull and an analogy to share about pulling a thread in this but yeah. when you say that what i love about that is that and i talked about this the other day that as somebody who's experienced trauma, and I think in today's current state of the world, 2020, most adults, most people and children have experienced some level of trauma, whatever level that is for you. It could be your parents, could be life, could be witnessing a car accident, losing a friend. Like there's no measuring stick when it comes to trauma. It's all relative, but there's trauma. And one of the things that I've noticed a lot is that I had this belief forever that because I experienced this high level of emotion and trauma that the modality to help me out had to match that energy for it to be effective. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't, I was like, I'm not healing hard enough. I'm not getting mm -hmm. enough work. It didn't hurt bad enough. I didn't cry yeah. enough. Mm -hmm. And one of the beautiful things about a lot of work that I've done, but like genuinely in this world with you is that it was really subtle. It was 
but when I say subtle, it was subtle, but it was consistent. It wasn't another swing in the opposite direction. It was like, oh, it's incrementally different today. Like I turned the volume knob up like one degree of happiness, but it was everywhere in my life. It wasn't like in the work or in my relationship or at the gym. It was everywhere. And then the longer I committed to the practice and the things that we did, the volume knob would turn. But it wasn't from zero to 20 in a day. It was like one, 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 one. And you said something about five minutes ago that I want to unpack because this was a big, big distinction for me. So one of the things that you broke through for me on a massive level that no one else had ever been able to do, and I mean this, like, and for those of you listening that don't know my full story, I've invested over seven figures in healing. And I mean cognitive behavioral therapy, EMDR, meditation, silent retreats, plant medicine, group therapy, prolonged exposure, even to the point of doing nerve blocks, Botox, brain scans, Uh, I did stem cells, like I've done everything. And I'm glad that Anthony's laughing because it's true. And I've done a lot. The one thing that you helped me with so much, and I will never forget this. You were introduced by a dear friend of ours, uh, of mine, and and I think you know him really well. And Mm -hmm. we got on a call and you looked me dead in the eye and you said, I'm not interested in your past. Every other thing that I had done, And to Mm. no fault was, let's go back into the past. 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 Yeah. And it was at this point in my life, I had done so much work. I had gone back into the past so many times. I could spit it to you in my sleep. Like, and nobody at that point, and maybe I wasn't ready, but nobody had been like, okay, now that you've been in the past 8,042 times, uh, when are you going to realize that we can just be in the present right now? And let's work from there forward. And that was one of the things that you helped me with was it was like, hey, I get that that happens. Okay, here we are, right? Do you feel it in your body? Where's it coming up? And then, and it was this really subtle shift. And a minute ago, you said, we have to look back to to reassess, right? But the the analogy that I like to think about, a personal development teacher said this to me a couple years ago. They said, (laughs) if you're driving a boat and staring out the back, you're guaranteed to sink the Titanic, and they were like, when you drive the boat, when you drive the car, you look at the road. Before you switch lanes, you look back real quick and then get your eyes back on the road. And I think that that's the best way to describe what you helped me do. I look yeah. back to assess really quickly and be like, okay, got it. That worked. That didn't work. Let's try this again. But bringing it into the present. And I think yeah. that's probably one of the biggest gifts that you gave me. And I think that entrepreneurs could receive or humans could receive in general – so when you think about that, mm. when you think about navigating the past or looking at, like, oh, well, this happened in the business or that employee did this or that mm. product didn't work well, in my experience, if I look at that, I recreate the same thing in the future. Indeed. And so how yeah. do you navigate that? How do you go about being able to look back, be present, be like, okay, got it. That happened. This yeah. happened. What am I going to do forward and then carry that forward? Yeah. Well, I, I remember that moment clearly too, and I could see a sense of relief. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, I think there's a problem actually in psychotherapy and many other kind of modalities in that, and it's almost a legacy of what Freud 
gave up, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that we need to go there. We must go there. We must uncover, remember, um, re-experience, which is disgusting thing to do to people who have been deeply traumatized if you if you really think about it um but it's there like a backbone in many systems of therapy and because it often provokes the swing you described the 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 emotions are then high enough it's uh i think both the therapist and the client can can think this is it i'm doing it this is therapy. This is what I came for. Some some pain is here. This must be it. And often it just leads to more of that. It's kind of a historical. It's like archaeology in, in, into your own you know past. So I try to do as little of that as possible. But if we do, it's very short and succinct. And I think this can be applied to um, you know any life lesson. So again, I prefer to call it revisit and reassess. You're going to do that with all the strengths and understandings you have now as an adult. In your case, I'd say as a man, as a father, all the understandings you have now, you know, with a with a teenager and 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 a young child. So. Look at it again. You know, from a from a kind of distance, look at it again. Keep anything useful you may have gained from that experience. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to drop down beside that younger you. Thank them for going through that. Let them know they came through that and tell them exactly what it is they need to hear and give them permission to let go of any of those negative emotions. And when you get a sense that's done, I want you to just see them with a smile on their face, waving goodbye as they free you forever. So that kind of peace, you know, it's not that it's just a script, but it's like it's that light touch. Mm -hmm. We don't need to go into every detail. We don't need to drop into our body and feel it again. We don't. We don't need to be re-traumatized in that fashion. If we're going to look at something, let's do it knowing we came through it. Even if it was a difficult meeting last week or we blew a deal or, or whatever it happened to be. Look at it again. Keep anything useful. And essentially let go of any of the emotional charge that's there. And, you know, I've seen many many lives change mm-hmm. with that light of a, a touch mm-hmm. you know so again i don't think we should then keep doing that and looking for more and more and more things i think we should get back to the present and figure out you know what do you want how can you be at peace happy and connected in this moment and what do you want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what i found for me and thank you yeah. for that. That um, when you were when you were saying that again, I remember. I literally remembered the session, mm-hmm. and like I felt love in my heart. Like remembering, yeah. looking at my younger self, being grateful, and the thing that I tell myself now is talk to myself like I talk to my son, talk to myself Absolutely. like I talk to my it, children. It, 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 it's that in that essentially is what you need to do to treat yourself with the same kindness. You know the same. Um, 
patience, the same kind of curiosity, you know. And I know what it's like. I've got kids. They're 20 and 18 now. We, It's funny. You, Every few years, you kind of think, God, they, they were just six then. They were just... <laughs> And we're just nine, you know, but but often we're kind of treating them the whole way. We treat them like adults. We're expecting so much of them. Totally. It's like, actually, you know, let's 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 just remember, get some perspective here and to do the same thing to ourselves, whether you were whether it was five years ago or whether it was three months ago or a meeting ago. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something learned. There's something we can take from it, even even the toughest experiences. And what I find is when I, I kind of think that these events, if we want to call them that, I mean, they are they are created in this moment. They're imagined. They are not the event. They are they are they are, you know, like a memory trace and a feeling that we're calling that that childhood or that past or whatever. But we're recreating them in this moment. And what I find is if if you have to go there, if you want to, as my dad says back, it says, if you're going to look back, glance, don't stare. But if we're going to glance back, if we have the courage to do this kind of work, ultimately it gives a sense of completion. And there's something about this organism, there's something about our brain that when it's complete, it's done. Whereas actually we've been carrying that kind of partially filled template without an appropriate conclusion for, for decades in many cases. So even though we're, you know, you said reality is plastic a couple of times, even though we're just kind of, we're just rewriting the, the end, if you like, of the story, we're giving it a, a conclusion, we're, we're satisfying it, then it's as if, you know, our brain is no longer seeking that. Says, and I've heard you say this stuff about language and, mm-hmm. you know, um, when we're seeding ideas to people, kind of opening up uh, these kind of incomplete streams. And it's true because there's this kind of search going on, not just for meaning, but for completion. That's what we're used to. That's how, how things have been drilled. So, um, yeah, it has its use to be to be to open up. Um, things for creativity and, and and really for just commanding attention. But when it's our own story, when it's our own history, it's like, yeah, every now and again, we need to, we need to say the end. And it's no different when we're, when we're pitching out into our future and that's causing us anxiety. Yep. More often than not, what we're doing is focusing on the, the one piece that actually our, Again, our brain's just trying to protect us and, and, and say, what if, what if, what if, Yeah. right? And it's, it, and, and again, it's easy to mistake that for mental rehearsal. It's not. You're, you're obsessing over this piece. You know, you're reading your intro 10 times, 20 times. That's not really preparation. You need to go and complete this imagined event in the future and again it doesn't matter if your 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 fantasy about it how you end it turns out to be the reality or not your brain just needs a sense of completion mm-hmm. so both of those things may sound like we're 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 becoming less present but our habit if you like especially when we're suffering is to let this content just kind of spew for we're going over that that meeting again or that argument again 
that crossed word again. We're anticipating that major issue again. When in fact, if you just set aside just a few minutes to do the kind of, have the kind of conversation we just had, or, you know, there's a number of tools for doing the same thing with things you're anticipating. Um, they're easy to learn. They're easy to apply. You don't need a therapist to be, to be honest. It's just sometimes it's nice to relax mm -hmm. and let someone kind of be the guide. But all of this stuff can be self-applied. And then, you know, be, being present isn't, again, that's not something you should be having to do, right? You're just being. You're just playing. You're just yeah. eating. You're just, you know, relating you're that's that's it you are yeah. being yeah yeah you, you know, know what yeah you know what's uh something that's really interesting that you helped me identify and, and i know how to summarize it now we talked about like when you look back at a glance instead of staring right <clears throat> what i figured out is i felt like i was stuck in this loop right like i would i would come up for air and i would get a little bit of air but i never was like swimming i was always like treading water that's what it felt like right and I would have these pockets, but then I would swing back in and pockets and swing back in. And what I realized is that it wasn't due to lack of work or lack of tools. It was due to lack of clarity. I had more clarity on what my past trauma looked like than on where I wanted to go. And so mm -hmm. when I was triggered, it always tilted backwards. And yep. one of the mistakes I made, two, two of the mistakes I made is one, is I wouldn't give myself the space to be present and I was afraid to plan my future because I didn't think I was going to get there, right? Like I was like, mm -hmm. I was so wrapped up in what was in the past. And then the mm -hmm. other mistake was I planned it way too far out in advance instead of you being like, hey, go brush your teeth. Hey, just go for a two minute walk. Like, hey, put your hand on your heart. Yeah. Love that child. Hey, like yeah. go sit here. Like, and it was so simple. And then I realized that you know, my goal out creating that clarity was basically to cut the anchor to the past. And the anchor to the past wasn't, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be a centibillionaire. It was like, hey, today, right now, I'm going to go journal for five minutes. I'm going to go walk yeah. for five minutes. I'm going to go sit down in front of my wife and be like, hey, baby, I'm scared. I'm going to go share something or feel something. And yeah. then that allowed me to create clarity and start to kind of let go of what was there. But it was something interesting that I noticed, Anthony, like I teach people all the time, like vision, future self journaling, like who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And I wouldn't even take a minute to think about it because the weight and the clarity in the past had all my attention, had all of it. Mm. And so that was a really, really big distinction for me. The, the analogy I wanted to share with you earlier, this is what it felt like for me. So like if you if you envision this, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, I'm, I don't have a visual, but like envision like a, a cup and then you take like 20 feet of string and you, you know, put it into the cup and it looks like a jumbled mess. And if I like handed you the cup and I'm like untangle it, you'd look at it, you'd be like, oh, you know, whatever. Like you can't untangle it in the cup. There's not enough space. And I felt like my life, I had to jump into that cup and figure out how to untangle it in the cup. And then you come along, you pull the string and it's dead straight in a matter of a second. That is the best way I can describe what you do. That is the that's, best way. That's good, man. Yeah. Someone showed me how to untangle rope and cables and Christmas lights a while back. And it was just gent don't pull anything. Just no. gently shake them. Yeah. Just gently shake them. Yeah. And it will, it will unravel. 
Yeah. Uh, One of the things I want you to talk about, you and I have never talked about this, so I have no idea where this is going to go, but I know you love duality. And this is something that's new in my world. But when when I say duality, I, I still have like kind of a limited understanding of it. But in my limited understanding, it's allowed me to find levels of presence that I've never felt before in my life. And mm-hmm. it was this movie I was watching. I, I told Anthony before we hit record um, about this movie called Chasing the Present. You've probably heard me talk about it a hundred times. But there was a guy struggling in this moment, um, like emotional, sad, depressed, anxious. And the the duality professor looked at him and he said, who are you? And I loved the question. And of That's course, of course, yeah. the answer was I'm an entrepreneur. I'm successful. I'm a businessman, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was playing along in the movie. And then – He's like, okay, were you born that way? And the guy's like, well, no. And he's like, okay, cool. So who are you? And then, of course, went to states of being. Well, I'm loving. I'm compassionate. I'm funny. And he's like, in every Mm. moment? And we're like, no. And then he's like, well, who are you? And he paused for like 20 seconds. And in that moment, I broke down in tears because I got it. Like I literally got it before he said anything. And Mm. I got it. And I was like, in this moment, I can be whoever I want to be. And then in this moment, I can be whoever I want to be. And like he broke it down. He started like, oh, your dog, your dog's into duality. Um, <laughs> but he started breaking it down and he was like, in this moment, in this moment, in this moment. And it was really powerful for me, really, really powerful for me. And I think one of the most dramatic effects in my life has been finding those pockets of knowing what to say or knowing what to ask or having a, a simple tool or a practice to lean in on to get me yeah. back into the present and get me back into my body. And so can you kind of talk about that? Cause you have an understanding of that, but that question rocks me. I've probably asked it 5,000 times it of myself in the last yeah. week. Yep. So, and, and to think of that question as the ultimate tool. Mm-hmm. So you said duality there. So what, what um, my kind of route into this, it's the same thing we're talking about, by the way, is often called non-duality. So just just, just to make that clarification. Um, and it's probably the oldest Indian philosophy, certainly, but it's um, become very popular in the West. In fact, one of the great Western masters of this lives in Temecula, close to you, a man called Francis Lucille. If you ever get a chance to spend some time with him, I would definitely do that i'll go doorbell him right now if he lives exactly man and and um trust me this this uh very charming and quietly spoken frenchman um has the capacity to really burn off everything that you're not by asking that question in a in a kind of artful manner there are other there are many ways of asking it if you like but the, the 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 journey essentially is if you, especially with a tool like that you might think of it first of all as a cutting tool where you're going to use it as as it sounds like they were in that movie and anything that doesn't satisfactorily answer that question if you really contemplate it your name doesn't satisfactorily answer that question your hair even a even a even a pink Mohican doesn't satisfactorily sum up George, um, and we can keep cutting. We can keep cutting. Um, we can lose parts of the body, and we can continue to be intact. 
and so forth and so on. So the initial part of the process is you sit with this question and I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, give you too much of a shortcut, but let me tell you, you won't satisfactorily answer the question. And that is the first part of this revelation. You're going to come up empty handed. Nothing is going to satisfactorily stick to this blade of inquiry. And there is a moment there of, of going from something, you know, I'm this, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a, I'm a success, I'm a whatever, to nothing, which Perhaps for some people sounds terrifying, but for many others, it's exactly what they're going to seek and travel the world and pay good money to achieve a moment like that, a moment of nothingness. Okay, so to deepen that inquiry, you in, in failing, if you like, to find a center, an edge, an age, a name, you then begin to look at your experience and we tend to then go in the other direction to try and find, you know, I've taken you through some of these exercises, try and find a boundary between your inner experience and your outer experience between the feelings inside of you, the, the, the voice in your head and my voice. If you really do the, again, sit, that's the answer, sit quietly and do the work, then you're going to see that all of this activity is taking place in the same space if you want to put it that way it's the only thing that seems to reliably be present in all of your experiences and that is your sense of being present and aware it's that simple so again you 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 move and i guess people could spend years on this but you know, you could be guided through this in a movie. You could be guided through this reading a book. You could, someone could, someone could put this to you and you could have this experience within minutes, all right? Um, is the move is from something that you kind of felt pretty sure about but um, was suffering to nothing, a, a moment of nothingness, to then an expansive, inclusive sense of being connected. And, and, and what I'd say about this is what you're recognizing is, as far as I'm concerned, you know, closer to your true nature. Mm -hmm. So rather than searching for happiness in acquisition of objects, you see that when you were provided with a moment of happiness, when you, when you hit a target or you got a thing, actually what you experienced was calling off the search for a moment that that's that that search was gone and you shone it's exactly the same when we search for peace by going to some wonderful location for sure it there's beauty there and you can feel connected to to to, to what's around you there but it it shines from you this experience is coming from you not just from the outside could you experience that in your current circumstances or do you need to go to the himalayas i don't, I don't think you do and then finally you know it brings us back to connection again we've had many discussions around this and i you know i know with uh, other people you work with you 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 do a lot of this kind of work but you know if you like the opposite one of one of my teachers said you know the, 
the opposite of love is this sense of distance. Whereas if you if you do this inquiry, if you recognize that that boundary isn't there, then you will feel connected. You will feel just as connected and close to you know, the, the, the people who are important to you, wherever they are, as if this space is a live connecting space, as if it connects you, you know, like you're joined by a rubber band or something like that. It's a live connecting space. So without getting too philosophical about it, I think this inquiry it is something that any of us can do. If you think about it, the vast majority of therapeutic techniques, especially the more imaginative visual techniques, the first step is observe, you know, be, be the observer. Look at that again. See yourself there. Right. And we often think of that as just being in the third person or as dissociation. I think it's closer to recognizing yourself as you are, as the witness of thoughts and feelings that you yourself are not a thought and feeling as the knower of your experiences um but you know you yourself are are not just an experience so i don't know whether that's it's completely confused no, your listeners no no it's good it's like that's the move it's a cutting away which is a kind of pedantic kind of move and then it's a and opening up and a reconnecting and um, there's three ways in a lot of people get there by meditation. That's not really a domain for me. What I've been kind of talking about there is more of an inquiry. Mm -hmm. And I think the other way of benefiting is contemplation. And, and when I say that, I mean, taking a sentence, I mean, this is, this is how I benefit most from your work yep. is because you, you know, you're extremely good at this. You can, you can pop a question out, or you can lay down a, a sentence and it's all in there. Mm -hmm. right? if, 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 if I was to, let me think of some things that affected me at the beginning of the last few months, you know, that you said, one of the things that I first heard you say was, um, what are you doing to get people to their after state, whether they buy your products and services or not? Yeah. Right. So, so rather than, oh, yeah, cool, I get that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do more of that. It's like, to me, you could contemplate upon that. You could let it like a, you know, it's like a worm, and like, like, like a working its way through every aspect of your business. Mm -hmm. And again, with this kind of non-duality stuff, contemplations like that, you can take a sentence or you can take a question like, who am I? And rather than thinking, oh, I've done that, or we did that last week, or I've spent I've spent an hour on that. It's like, no, this <laughs> this is going to keep working for life. Uh -huh. You know, this this kind of technology, um, it doesn't really need to be expanded upon. It's it's so uh, it's so rich, uh -huh. you know. So that's that that's become a big part of how I grow and have attempted to improve my business and um you know achieve my personal goals is with contemplation upon ideas that when you heard it had such an impact that 
kind of think this 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 may not have finished doing its work yet. I'm just going to carry this with me. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm feel now and again. God, that lands so much for me. Like and thank you. That was probably like one of the best compliments I've ever gotten <laughs> when it comes to this work. No, there's, but... there's, there's two or three things you said at the beginning of uh, of COVID. You know, there's a couple of bits in Thrive, yeah. Um, which I'm telling you, you know, transformed what could have been a very difficult situation for me. Um, uh, just literally two or three little sentences like that. You kind of weave them together, and it gave me a complete outlook. It gave me a, 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 a clarity. Mm-hmm. on exactly what I needed to do and how I could give, how I could show up. And that has made a huge difference to me. You know, you said this is the time to build massive brand loyalty. Yeah. Um, and again, the, what would you do if uh, to get people there, whether they buy or not? I literally started a Facebook group and very kind of modeled your intro to your relationships group, said, you know, commit commit to this group. And the third thing was show up publicly with three things that you want to achieve in the next three months. Mm-hmm. Remember when this was going to last for three months? Yeah. Three things you want to achieve in the next three months. And dude, it, that was like a thousand people strong within, within a week. And the, just asking people to go public with those things set, something off that I'd never really seen in any of the groups I had before this openness, this vulnerability mm-hmm. and people recognizing the, the value of going there. Like, I can't believe I I've shared that, you know, yeah. lots of them are therapists. So they were previously terrified to admit that they hadn't achieved all of their goals or that they were still afraid to go on camera, you know, and it's, and, and actually it was a big opening up and um, a real, not, not, not I needed proof because I'd, I'd felt it at the mastermind and, you know, I, I believe in what you share, but it really was strong evidence for the model and, to, you know, the, the lighthouse model. There's just so much to it that has an impact on your life, how you show up, um, you know, for your family and, and, and for yourself, let alone for your customers. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I really am. I'm, I'm, I, it, it, it didn't just kind of save me. It kind of really transformed my business and everything I've done since. It, it's just been easier. It's just been so much easier. Yeah. Well, you know, what you said about that that really landed for me um, was basically, you know, when we think about awarenesses, right? Like there's an infinite amount of levels of awareness and consciousness and clarity, right? Like, I always love the proverb, like the, the seven whys, right? Like why, why, why? And like getting down yeah. deeper. And I think one of the most profound lessons I have learned, you know, I've, I've been doing entrepreneurship really since I was like 13, but like as a, as a ha- as a profession for 11 years now. And the biggest mistake I made in the beginning, it was clarity or a great idea or boom, act and then throw it away. Like forget it was there. Like, don't even put it in my toolbox. Just like let it go. And I never – until I read that book from Keith Cunningham, uh, The Road Less Stupid, uh, one of the things he talks about is thinking time. And I found that if I let it marinate or I bring it into my house and just keep it there and reference it, you know, once yep. a month, once a week, contemplate yep. it, 
I've had the biggest breakthroughs as well. And I feel mm-hmm. like I wasn't in the space back then to allow it to contemplate. Right. And now mm-hmm. I am, but like these questions, um, you know, I used to ask people like, what are you pretending not to know? Or what are you pretending not to see? Right. Cause like when mm-hmm. we're so close to it, we can't see it. But when you contemplate on that for a moment, like whip out a notebook, go sit in your office, go sit outside yeah. in nature, write on the top of the pad, your question and just think and ponder and reflect and flow, right? Like write down whatever potentially comes up. Yeah, yeah. Try to figure out, just see what comes up. Yeah. Let it, let it provoke you, you know, if, if it's unsettling, then be curious. The, the curiosity piece is the main piece. You know, it's like, stay curious. If, if something comes up and it's difficult, uncomfortable or irrelevant, it, it doesn't matter. Be curious, be interested. Like you've never been interested before, you know? And again, the, the, there's such a power in it. I, I I've really overlooked it myself for a, a contemplation, you know, what it, what, what does it even mean? But but that's what it means for me. Is is taking these gems that had an impact and recognizing their work may not be fully done. And yeah. um, you know, note on a phone, just every now and again, just let it let it let that that dart hit again, and um and see what comes up. Well, it's so, like yeah. and and the best way it's like we. And it's actually not like we don't do this. Like think about every time you shower, like you're always like, oh, the thought, oh, the thought, oh, I got to write it down. Oh, I got to remember because you're so present and you're mm-hmm. not agendized except you're showering. And so yeah. when you're sitting there contemplating, there's all this intuition, knowledge, wisdom, flow, clarity coming through. And I think just the exploration of it is what makes this all fun and effective. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. Yeah, man. Okay. Listen, I could probably talk to you for like 25 hours in a row and we know this. Um, but before I do that, and I forgot to do this in the beginning, um, I want everybody to go check your stuff out. So, uh, where is the best place for everybody to find you, to go, to get into your world? Where's the best place, my friend? Okay. Let me make it really simple. Um, I teach people how to use hypnosis in their own life and how to use it on other people, whether it's to help them change or have fun or simply have crazy experiences. I run a training company with my father. It's called Jacqueline hypnosis academy.com. We have a huge, can you spell that? Yeah. Uh, J A C Q U I N H Y P N O S I S A C A D E M Y dot com that's jackwinhypnosisacademy.com and one of the things i flipped on the back of thrive your book um was to let people in you can have a 14 day binge of all of our video courses there is more than you could possibly consume there to be honest but trust me the the best stuff is the easiest to learn you could be hypnotizing people to that material safely confidently um you could spend a lifetime mastering it but if you want a free trial for 14 days go check out our website there's loads of information there um it will lead you to my personal website anthonyjackwin.com and other places too one more thing i'd love people to check out um 
just want to make the most of speaking to your audience here, George, is my father created a very effective pain control technique. For many people, they will experience significant relief or completely eliminate their pain. I know this sounds crazy, but within a few minutes, I demoed this at the mastermind. And you remember a couple of people Mm -hmm. completely lost their, their chronic pain. Right. So we've now collaborated with a French company called Neuromore. They're very much into their kind of consciousness hacking technology, doing good things with 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 the tech we're carrying around with us. And this is an app called Painkiller. There's actually a few different things with that name, but P-A-I-N-K-L-L-R. So without the R, right? Painkiller. P-A-I-N-K-L-L-R. I'm going to share the link with you guys, but if you go to, if you search for Neuromore, N-E-U-R-M-O-R-E, that's Neuromore, and the painkiller, P-A-I-N-K-L-L-R, then you'll be able to download this app. Just share it with anyone you know who's experiencing chronic pain, whether that is a physical pain, carrying with them for years that is essentially no longer a definition that is chronic pain it's not acute it's not you know stopping you from bending too far it's not you got a broken tooth it's just it's been caught up in the system and it's still occupying your attention so again we're tracking data on the app and you basically put a score of how bad your pain is you listen it's an audio and you score again and um we are getting many Wonderful reports of people saying, I can't feel it. I can't feel it. So I'd love it if if people would check that out. We're trying to get up to kind of 10,000 people to use it in the next couple of months. Um, and then we'll see what we're going to do with it after that. But I love it's it. free to use. You know? I love it. I love it. Yeah. So everybody go check out the app. Uh, check out the website. Uh, his book is also really good. I listened to it on Audible a few times. It's called Reality is Plastic, but make sure you check out my man. So I have one final question for you. Uh, for everybody listening, if you could leave them with any parting words of wisdom, something to take away, something to apply into their life, like this is your opportunity to project your, sprinkle your magic dust or light on everybody and leave them with something from you, what would that be, my friend? Look, I've seen over 5,000 people in one-to-one therapeutic exchanges. And during that time, I've seen people who have been experiencing every kind of problem, block, compulsion, um, belief, you know, negative emotion. And I know that all of those things can be shifted. None of them are who you are. You don't have to tolerate putting up with something just because you've been tolerating it for so long. I know it sounds crazy, but chronic pain is the thing that really taught me this. You know, when you see somebody who's been in chronic pain for a decade or 20 years and with some words and using their imagination, that can vanish. It's a reminder that any of those things that you've been carrying could potentially be put down, maybe even the back of, being aware of the fact that they could. So I would I would simply just remind people that 
you can you can do this you take you can take charge of this and um you know as we've hinted today doing a bit of the work around your sense of self and what truly matters and is truly important to you is one of the best places to start often a lot of those habits of the body and those habits they loosen their grip. They're no longer defining you. And that is, you know, something that's going to enable you to enjoy more of the happiness you deserve and share and celebrate and express that with the people that you love. I love there we that. go. I love it. No better way to end it. I'm not going to taint that. Yeah. That was beautiful. Anthony, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. For everybody listening, this was another episode of the George's Mind Belongs in a Straight Jacket on the Mind of George show. Uh, remember that relationships always beat algorithms. And now it's time for the outro. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.